I want to be a body for you. I want to chase you, find you. I want to be eluded and teased and adored. I want to be defeated and victorious. I want you to cut me, sharpen me. I want to drink tea beside you in ten years or a thousand. Flowers grow far away on a planet they'll call Cephalus, and these flowers bloom once a century. When the living star in its black hole binary enter conjunction, I want to fix you a bouquet of them gathered across 800,000 years so you can draw our whole engagement in a single breath, all the ages we've shaped together. We're doing fine, I'm doing fine. Welcome to We're Doing Fine Book Club Edition. I'm Lisa. And I am Robbie. And this month we read This is How You Lose This is a How time You war? Lose the Time War. So close. Yeah, close. By Amal El Matar and Max Gladstone. Stunning. So I'm going to attempt to summarize this, this <laughs> no- novella. I know, we picked it. And it's going to be... <laughs> yeah, we picked a novella because it was short. But then we picked the novella yeah. that just kind of fucks with your brain in the best ways. But it, it, it does... The best way. It does fuck with you. Yeah. So this book features... It, it, this book is a story of two soldiers mm-hmm. in the future... Uh, from two warring sides and they are both fighting to create the dominant timeline so they're fighting to basically get rid of each other yeah they're fighting for the future in which they actually exist yeah and it starts off with there's uh, so there's two of them there's red and there's blue is that right yeah red and blue and I can't actually remember who leaves the first letter, but one of them leaves a letter just being Blue like, leaves the first letter. Blue leaves a letter basically being like, good fight, but we're going to win. Um, and then... Ish. And yeah, and then these two soldiers start leaving notes for each other, or letters for each other, in their different battlefields, basically. And they slowly, as you can tell from that quote we just uh, we just read... They slowly fall in love. But it's it's the weirdest kind of love because they both know that one of the sides gonna win. Um Yeah. And it's touching because there's like moments where they're like, sometimes I maybe wonder if you should win. Like, because you know and like and it just yeah. it, it starts to make them doubt, but at the same time at no point do they stop fighting until well, I'll stop there. Yeah. If that sounds like it's interesting for you. And it is. Um it is it is Spoilers for how we feel about the book, but it is really, really good, and I would recommend anyone goes and reads it. But we will stop here for now. You go off and read the book, and then come back, and from now on there will be spoilers. Okay? Sounds like a deal? Sounds like a deal. Excellent. So. Thoughts. Feelings. Thoughts. So many of them. So I love this book. I'm not entirely sure I understand (laughs) what happened. Uh, I was saying to Lisa before we recorded, I read it on audio. I actually had to speed it up because the narrator is very... Slow, yeah. It's, it's not case. slow. I, I, I wouldn't even say slow, but she she pronounces every word. Every syllable. Yeah. It's like, I found your letter, and when I read it, I really enjoyed what it said. 
So I had to put it on 1.5. Wow. Just to sort of keep that pace up. Yeah. And I normally have to speed it up because I've run out of time. But I finished <laughs> this book in a day and a half. Um because it was so good but uh, there was a few times where I did not understand what was happening it took me a few a few minutes to realize like this one bit where she's just she's a tiger or some sort of creature fighting another creature that's gonna kill blue and I was like what <laughs> so like I read it super fast in a day just because I was worried I if I stopped I would not be able to figure out what the fuck was happening when I picked it back up <laughs> yeah fair a legitimate fear that's also fair <laughs> yeah i really had to like pick my moments to stop it i'd have to be like right okay this is a reasonable place to stop they just killed caesar pause this now i gotta yeah. go to work yeah it's something like that yeah <laughs> it yeah it's beautiful and fascinating and just like the writing itself is just poetic and do you want to know what one of my favorite parts yes. was and this may come up in questions but one of my favorite parts was that all of these letters the letters were so large in that it was a lot of the time they talked about things that were way bigger than mm. them you know they have no control over who what they fight for they just do as they're told it's nothing personal at this point and then at the end of you know in the pss it would be like ps you should read this book. And it just got so personal. Yeah. And then in, in all the postscripts, they were just talking about books. And I was just like, this is so wholesome. Yeah, no, like it's the little things because like they are like literally created for these factions. And like yeah. they are both part of a hive mind or like of a greater unit, right? Like they don't really have a whole lot of personhood, but you see that personhood kind of start to peek through because of their relationship with one another. They recognize that they are yeah. different from even, or that they are more similar to each other than they are to those of their own factions in a lot of ways. Can we discuss the twist at the end with the letters? Yes, you start. So I wasn't entirely, I don't think I realized what was happening until it had happened. Where is it? The Seeker? It's either, I think it's blue. Yeah, so like blues, like do not read the next letter. That was red. They've red. Had, they've they've written that form red. Yeah, so red's like don't read this letter. Don't read the next letter. It's yeah. a trap. But then she did read the next letter, and they basically tricked blue. It read where it was like, if you don't do this, then we know that she's she's like you know um, a traitor. So it's like blue either dies to save yeah. red. Or she does what Red says, and Red's outed as a traitor. Yeah. See, I thought you were <laughs> saying the trick with the letters because of the Seeker. Because the Seeker... What about that? Because the Seeker was going about collecting all of their letters, um, you know, at the end of, like, each each section, right? No, I think I missed that bit. Oh, it's like, in my brain, the Seeker is Red when she's going through and collecting the little bits of information when she goes back to save blue like to to um you know s technically ruin her from the garden but also help save her later on it puts a little bit of commandant in her oh, i could be completely wrong but <laughs> i did read it very no fast. i mean i enjoy that i enjoy that i think i just i was yeah because that scene where she ends up fighting what she oh thinks was a faction was um what she thinks was a trail from Commandant was herself. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. And this is why this is a great <laughs> book. <laughs> 
before we recorded, me and Lisa were like, we could we could read this again. And now I'm like, I'm going to have to read yeah. this again. A hundred percent. Yeah. And that's the thing is that this book is so well written and that it's it's so completely immersed in this world that you don't always realize what's happening because it's so disconnected to our our reality. Yeah. Well, we're in a thread. We're, so in, like, we're in a different thread, man. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I, I just it's so clever. It's a very clever mm-hmm. novella. Sometimes maybe too <laughs> clever for me. <laughs> Same. I'm no longer in college. I'm not in uni. Like I'm, I've gotten more dumb. <laughs> yeah same all right shall we answer some listener questions if we can <laughs> yes let's try let's all try. right the first question comes from callum thank you callum thank you callum callum asks why do you think blue sent the first letter because it could have been many things it could have been boredom it could have been appreciation like i want to say it was appreciation because i think these were two soldiers that had sort of been aware yeah, kind of circled each other of each other yeah and blue just wanted to be like oh some good work we're gonna be but you know yeah good work i yeah i think there was just like that initial fascination with like oh this is actually an impressive person i want to know more <laughs> yeah this this part because they're they're both essentially like the top of their field like they are and that's why they almost get away with this sort of suspicious yeah. behavior because i think there's that bit where is it red or blue i can't fucking remember one of them is saying that like they weren't they were always considered other blue um, yeah. and they were taken away for for yeah blue was taken away for weeks from their family and sort of had to be reintegrated to yes. is it the garden blue is from the garden um red is from yeah. commandant Thank you. So as I said, I read this about a month ago um, because I was so worried about being behind because la- like, last month I didn't finish the book in time. We had to delay. <laughs> so this time I was like, oh, I'm going to get this. And then I fucking read it all in one hour. So it's been a while. But yeah, there's that bit where Blue was saying that she was considered other. She didn't fit the sort of regular behavior of people from the garden. So she was sort of removed and had to convince them of her like loyalty um and so she did that by becoming the best she could be mm-hmm. and so by becoming the best people overlooked her weird behavior yeah or what, what they considered weird and that's why she she got away with some of this sort of weird tendencies because what well, but she's great and she's got the best results ever so it probably is but do you think part of that is because red infected her with a little bit of red and that's why she was taken away, because she was a bit other. Yeah. Oh, so it's a bit like a, yeah. a loop. Yeah. Oh, oh, I don't like this. <laughs> <laughs> My brain is fried already. She was a little bit, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she was a bit other. And maybe it's that little bit of red Blue literally recognized within herself, which caused her to send the first letter. Oh, shit. So was she maybe destined to write that letter? Right. Because otherwise, yeah. the whole s- sequence would never have happened. Time travel, man. Yeah. Time travel, man. All right. Next question is also from Callum. Thank you, Callum. Wait, did you have any other theories? Oh, no. That was my theory. <laughs> okay. I'm too stupid to come up with a second theory. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next, ca- next one. Th- next Callum question. <laughs> <laughs> Words. Um. What do you think drew the two together enough to fall in love? When did they realize they were in love? And was it the same time you realized it? Can't be asking multi-parters with this kind of book, my dude. 
I know. Um, okay, so first of all, I think it was there. I think it was when the letters started to get more personal, and they both realized that they were sort of these, you know, they were part of these big factions, but they were slightly othered and didn't quite fit in. And they started to relate with each other a bit more. Like you said, they realized that they were more similar to each other than their factions. That's probably what then, like, pushed them to fall in love. I think I realized before they did, because I don't think they fully understood what was happening when they were writing their letters. Yeah. And there was that, that quote that you did where she's like... I want to be in you. I want to. I want to be part of you. There was like, oh, it was so sweet. There was a bit where she was like, um, it, it, so, so again, I can't remember which one it was, but one of them was like, I don't experience hunger. That's mm. it's just not a thing to me. And the other one was like, but hunger is so important. Like it, it fills you up. It tells you what you want, what you need, and yeah. you know all this stuff. And then the next letter was, I think I felt hunger for the first time, or you know, and then um. And then she replied being like, I'm so, I'm so glad yeah. that my letter made you feel hungry. Yeah. And it was just this sort of like, not even seduction, like they didn't understand what was happening, but just the way she expressed it, like. The way like they her, force each her, other to grow. Her, yeah. And her joy at having impacted this other person. Yeah. It's like, we, you know, objectively, we could be like, oh, they've fallen in love, you know? That's yeah. so cute. But when you're in it, you don't really think about that. Like, even we would have experiences where we're like, oh my god, yeah. They read that book I suggested, that's so nice of them. Yeah. And then a week later, you're like, oh shit, that's so So yeah, and then there was that letter where she was like, I love you. Yeah. And I was like, oh. <laughs> Very cute. Well, which ones were, which which ones was it? Um, Because there was the, the part where somebody said... Was it red or blue? I I can't remember, but one of them had spent like 10 years trying to recreate a perfume based off of the tea that the other had 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 uh, in... I think it was blue that drank tea. Yeah, blue drank tea, and then red spent 10 years figuring out a perfume that perfectly replicated it just to send it to them, like, just to be closer. And then there was like a gap of like 10 years or something where they didn't have a letter and the fact that they recognized those symbols like I was just like that's love right there like going a decade without hearing a word and then immediately recognizing what ended up being a letter on like the bones of a fish that was inside of something (laughs) like yeah if that's not love what is but, exactly. like, they didn't realize it until, you know, one saved the other from, like, the planet monster thing and was like, oh, shoot, why yeah. did I do that? It's so cute. Very cute. So, yeah, idiots don't know when they fall in love. They just fall in love. And the rest of us have to just kind of be like, when are you going to catch up? When are you going to realize? It's the same thing with literally every couple. Still waiting on all those straight boys to realize they're in love with me. You, they'll they'll get there one day. They just are idiots and don't realize. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. All right. This next question comes from Chris. Thank you, Chris. Thanks, Chris. Actually, no. I want to save Chris's question. I want. I want to. I want to. I want to oh. save this one for later. Plot twist. Yeah. Um. This next question comes from Amy. Thank you, Amy. And I think we've already Thanks, answered this one. But who do you think the seeker is, and why are they taking up scraps of letters? Yeah, I had not pieced that together, but I love your theory. Thank you. All right. Yeah. Good thing Amy sent in another question. Oh, thank God. <laughs> um, that was short. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Amy asked, red and blue interact with their higher-ups once each. What were the primary differences and similarities you saw between Commandant and Garden? Oh. So, just as a little refresher, um, Commandant... Thank you. Yeah. Red met with Commandant <laughs> on, like, a Russian, like, war field and was, like, do like being a, a surgeon, a war surgeon at the time while giving the report... Um, right before they forced Red to create the poison and send Blue a letter being like, oh, they're grooming you. Um, and then Blue, Blue's interaction with Garden that we saw was when they met with Garden and Garden was like, hey, you need to be reabsorbed. Um, like you're, you're in danger. You need to be reabsorbed into like me, basically. Um, and Blue was like, well, if you do that, you're going to lose a lot of footing because I did some really cool shit. And yeah, that put me in danger, but like it also put us ahead and you need me. That, yeah, that was one of my favorite bits because there was a bit where, um, there's, um, she was like, we're on the precipice of something. Yeah. And then the, um, the garden was like, um, usually our precipice is followed by a fall. Yeah. And, um, and then, um, and then, and then, she said something that was like such a great response. I can't remember what it was. I would look but it I up, but scene. I don't remember where in the book it was. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, absolutely incredible dialogue there. Um, yeah, I just, I feel like Garden is a lot more maternal than Commandant. Yeah. Um, but I think aside from that, that's kind of where their biggest similarities, like, it seems like Garden is the more feminine and Commandant might be the more masculine. Um, but aside from... There's definitely those... Yeah. Yeah. Aside the vibes from, are there. Yeah. Aside from that, like, the differences stop, kind of, because they're both, like... They're both war machines. They both create... Like, they're literally, like, creators of these warriors to, you know, facilitate the war. <laughs> I'm not as uh, I'm not as good as at words as our beautiful authors. Um, forgive me. <laughs> me neither, don't we? <laughs> but yeah, like they're both war machines, and they're both kind of cold and calculating. So I think that's the biggest similarity. Yeah. What do you think? Agreed. Yeah, I think that was a really. I think, I think you're right. I hadn't considered it at the time, but they definitely portray the sort of um the stereotypical aspects of masculine and feminine, which was a, which in hindsight was a really clever inclusion because it's such a, a almost non-binary yeah. love story between these two. I wouldn't say female identifying, but f- female appearing. Yeah. Um, um, protagonists. Yeah. Yeah. I did. There's probably some very clever, yeah. um, very clever analysis that could be done there, but as as we say, we are we have not studied in a long time. And also, it's like almost one a.m. my time, so <laughs> I yeah. I plead uh, yeah. I plead tired. <laughs> yeah, and I was up at half past six. Yeah, disgusting. <laughs> um, we had such grand plans this morning. Truly, truly. Uh, but yeah, like I really appreciate the fact that they didn't really like. Yes, they had gender, they were assigned pronouns, but I think almost everyone used, like, and almost everyone named used she, her pronouns, as far as I remember. 
And as far as like things like attraction or, you know, anything else, it seems like gender didn't really matter. Yeah. Physical form didn't really matter because they barely, they didn't barely met. That's true. That's true. All right. One last question from Amy. What thread did you enjoy the most? Oh. I'm going to go first. That weird, like, cyber, cyber worshipping one. Just the description there was so cool. I really would yeah. love to see visuals of that. Yeah, this would be a great, like, movie or, oh, or a yeah. TV show. Oh, my gosh. I think it would have to be a movie, but you never know. <laughs> yeah. A24, please oh, yeah. make this a movie. Oh, my God. No one else could do it justice. No. Lisa, I'm blanking. Oh, it doesn't have to be like a full thread. You could probably just like, if there was a scene that really stuck out to you. I think the one that sticks out in my brain was the the planet creature. Oh, yeah, that was cool. Um, And then she ends up having to, so she's been raising it mm-hmm. or like feeding it and raising it for years. And then she ends up having to kill it to protect Red or yeah. Blue. One of them. One of the, yeah, yeah. And I just, that just seemed like, that was the moment where I was like, oh, this is going to end badly because this has been decades of work. Yeah. To to kill this, this, this soldier and you fall in love with that soldier and just ruined all that hard work. Yeah. And that's when I was like, that's not going to go unnoticed. That's, this is now going to get messy. Yeah. Yeah. I also really liked, um, like the ultimate London. That was cool. That just seemed like fun. It wasn't called Ultimate See, I don't London. I remember these. <gasps> no. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> yeah, it was called something London. Let's let's see. But yeah. This is what I will say is uh, it, this book does require a couple of readings because when I read it the first time or listened to it, I was so focused on the time travel aspect and who these the, who they were as a character that I sort of didn't really absorb any of the details around the threads or the, the locations. Mm, yeah. That's fair. Whereas you seem to have absorbed quite a lot of it. <laughs> what can I I'm say? I'm just a simple man. <laughs> You're making me feel like I haven't read it and I actually <laughs> have this week, this month. I'm so sorry. No, so that's It's funny right. because it's I fault. feel like I didn't really read it like intensely at all. <laughs> <laughs> I probably just read it more recently. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That probably does help. Yeah. Oh no, my headphones are dying. Oh no, well, we're on our last question. This question comes from Chris. Thank you, Chris. Thanks, Chris. Right. Chris asks, why do you think Blue took the poison? And do you think you would have done the same? Did you see it as a betrayal? That's a multi-part question. So, oh lordy. Oh, first, lordy. why do you think Blue took the poison? I mean, I may have misunderstood this, but I think she took it because she knew if she didn't, Red would be no, because yeah. it was red that died, right? No. no, blue died. Blue, blue had to take the poison, otherwise red would be outed as a tra- traitor. Essentially, yeah. Yeah, but also so I think blue. That's yeah. I think blue also kind of took it, knowing that, but also just because she was desperate for more of red. Like she read the traps, and like she knew the consequences, and like red's note showed that. Red was okay with the consequences that they were going to face, but Blue took it because she wanted to hear more from Red. Oh. At least that's my interpretation. 
And would you consider it a betrayal? I mean, from which side? Well, I don't know. I'm confused by the question. Like, do you see it as a betrayal? Because Red does say, it's a trap, don't do it. Is that a betrayal? Or is it the fact but that I Red didn't think... immediately lay down her life and be like, okay, I'm sending this? But I don't think Red knew what was in the letter. Red knew what was in the letter. Red was part of the construction of it. Yeah. Red Red added layers to the letter within the berries saying, please stop, please don't take more. Oh, yeah. It was a little Russian that that nesting night. doll of letter. It was, it, be honest, though, it was confusing. It was confusing. It was confusing. No, it was, it was absolutely yeah. confusing. But yeah, because that was the bit where she was like, I don't know why I'm writing more of this, because if you're writing more of it, it means you've ignored the last bit. Yeah. So I don't even know what I'm... Do- and then she was getting angry. She was like, I can't believe you're doing this. Like, yeah. I'm literally telling you to stop. Why are you... And then it was like, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, no, I do remember that now. Oh, that was so sad. It was so sad. <laughs> and like, it was a betrayal on both parts, I think. But like... Yeah, because... How could they have done it any other way? Like, if I had told you... If I had said to you, don't do this and let me get in trouble, you'd be like, no, I'm going to do this. And I'd be like, how dare you? Well, yeah, but that's because that's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> but do you know what I mean? Robbie, you and I have established rules. <laughs> like, you do what you can to save your friend, lover, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I understand Red's frustration, but unfortunately she can't control that Blue's in love with her. That is true. Yeah. We need to wrap this up. My headphones are lying on the brink. Okay. Would you have taken the berries? Yes. Yeah, I probably would have too. I'm nothing if not uh, romance, romantic. Ugh, I'm nothing if... And also just generally end me. Yeah. It's like nothing if not just a martyr being begging to be yeeted <laughs> off this planet. Yeet me off this mortal coil, please. Oh, I love that phrase. <laughs> All right. Who is your favorite character? I think Blue. Blue? Yeah, Blue. Blue for sure. What about you? Ooh, it's so hard. They're both great. <laughs> I feel like I can't choose a favorite one. Um, I'm going to go Red just to be against you. <laughs> nice. Okay, I'll lie. Um, Oh, I choose the Seeker. and be a fucking pedant. I'm annoying. <laughs> I can't choose. That's um, okay. What would you score Definitely this? Definitely not Commandant. Yeah. What would I score it? Ooh. I'm, I'm, I'm going to say five. Five stars. Same here. Same here. It's just so beautiful. So beautiful. Like, I knew there was a lot of hype for this book, and it lived up to it. And I was like, what the fuck, man? What the fuck? It did, indeed. There's been a lot of books that have been pretty hyped, and they did not live up to it. <laughs> Thank you, Bigalisticalis. Yeah, for thanks. the recommendation. <laughs> okay, right. So that was last month. Now we need to announce our book club for September. Hell yeah! Would you like a drum roll? Oh no, wait. I can do it if you want. Yeah. Okay. Drum Let roll, me give please. you a drum roll. Thank you. So September's book club is the Swimming Pool Library by Alan Hollinghurst. As featured in Heartstopper Season 2, but I owned it before that. Hey, look at you with your queer lit my, being cool, uh, having it before it was cool. My taste in literature was validated by young cool gays from the TV. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah. I'm very excited for this one, not gonna lie. Me too. I think it's wholesome, wholesome vibes. Yes. Well, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Oh, one right. of the first words in the sentence for like the one in the first sentence describing this book, it says darkly erotic. Does it? I might I, be wrong. I think we have that might have been one of the other books. Really. I think we have. Oh yeah, an enthralling, darkly erotic novel of homosexuality. I have this first major novel in Britain to put gay life in modern in its modern place and context. A historical novel. <laughs> we have a very different. <laughs> of course, of course, in America they're like this is dark, and here we're like it's before the scourge of historic. AIDS. Historic, yeah. <laughs> An elegy possessed of chilling clarity. <laughs> right, we need to wrap this up before I have to make Lisa do the outro on her own. So, thank you for joining us for book club. Um. Please join us for the Swim Pool Library next month and email your thoughts. Yeah, it's darkly erotic. It's apparently. darkly erotic. <laughs> email your thoughts, your voice notes, your questions, any other book recommendations to wearedoingfine at gmail.com because we love it when you guys get involved. That's why we do this. Yeah. And we're thinking of doing like more novellas because that's fun. But like, if you're doing more novellas, we could possibly do like two book clubs or something or two, two, two in a month. This was short. I mean, we could do. Let's let's not overcommit. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But yeah, that's it from us. So until next month, keep keep reading reading fine. fine.